The Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on uh, VAW FM 88.1 for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news uh, right here uh, on your favorite VAW FM. We're broadcasting live from our studios in Bramfontein, Johannesburg and my name is Mlio Mob Justice Kavaza and I'll be your host for the next hour. Who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to unpack and keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business now for today we are talking about a phenomenon um that is it's nothing new uh but it's definitely something that's uh taken hold uh people have been forced to get into it because of the lockdowns and COVID 19 and that is e-learning because uh, as COVID 19 has happened uh, one of the fundamental shifts is that we've seen kids uh doing a lot of um e-learning at the moment a lot of online classes uh zoom that sort of thing and uh, there's been this great debate happening about um whether or not to open schools or not and we've been seeing you know slowly but surely um, the government opening up um, the education, the education space, particularly for primary and secondary students. And for today, we are going to be talking about uh, what e-learning actually means uh, from a couple of uh, different uh, points of view. We're going to be looking at it uh, from the corporate side of things. And uh, for that, we're going to be talking to Takalani uh, Nechitenze, who is uh, the External Affairs Director for Vodacom South Africa because Vodacom has been one of the biggest investors in e-learning in South Africa during this period and even before this uh, they had uh, very big um, investments in the space so we're going to be talking to them about uh, what they're seeing in the space and what actually drove them to do what they do we're also going to be hearing from a student uh, just around what that shift has looked like from you know the learner's point of view and then we're also going to be talking to Brian Klanger, who is an educator, about what it's uh, looking like from that point of view. He is a program director at Henley Business School, together with being an adjunct lecturer at the Catholic University and a full-time educator at St. David's Marist in Santon. So, you know, all-round um, educator who has different levels of education from, uh, you know, you heard St. David's, but at the same time, you've got tertiary learners. So he's going to be giving us some insights into what that looks like. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. Also coming up, we're going to be getting into um, the business wrap. That's uh, when we tell you um, the week's top trending business and economics news. And then we'll also tell you the state of your 100 Rand Now Buffalo Index. Remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media, on Facebook. We have our FM, that's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is uh, the Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VowFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. You can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za and remember that podcast of the Business Buzz show and all our content is available on vis.journalism.co.za forward slash business and then you can also search for us on the popular podcast platforms that's iono.fm apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and recently we're now on Spotify as well, so you can go and find us there. So that's how the show is looking like. Definitely make sure you don't turn that down. On the other side of this, we get into the business wrap. Business wrap with Lebo Pasha.
Welcome back to the Business Buzz. It's time for us uh, to sort of get into the uh, top trending business and economics news for the week um, in our business wrap. That's uh, when we get a financial expert to let us know what's what in the world of uh, you know business and the economy. And on the line, we're joined by our financial expert. Uh, we have uh, uh, Lebo Pasha, who is... Uh, the general manager for Southern Africa at the African um, Management Institute, and he's just going to be giving us uh, that roundup. Lebo, greetings to you. Greetings to you, Mudiwa, and greetings to all of the VFM listeners. Well, lockdown greetings. <laughs> I like that lockdown greetings. So I understand that uh, you know some of the top economics news of the week. Uh, you know we've seen another another interest rate cut. Uh, what what what's what are things looking in like on that end? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of good news for everybody who um, who's got any credit or any debt, whether it's your mortgage or it's your car personal loan or credit card so it's a bit of good news and yeah it's following on basically what's happening across the globe i don't think um, we need to to say it but we will it's COVID 19 the pandemic continues to spread globally um it's actually hitting the BRICS countries quite hard right now uh we've seen um huge rises in cases in brazil and russia um and india as well and and on the back of that, the IMF is forecasting that the global GDP, the gross domestic product, will contract by about 4.9% this year. South Africa is much worse off. I think we're seeing forecasts of around um, the GDP contracting by 7.3%. So this is compared to a 7% contraction um, that was forecasted in May. So things are getting worse for the economy. We're now going into our second sort of deep lockdown it's not officially level five but it's starting to feel like level five And it's actually quite deep uh, what you're talking about, especially when you're saying that uh, things, we, we're calling it level three, uh, but as more restrictions come in and as the cases rise, it does feel like um, things are, are, are more uh, like they were in April. And an, and an industry that has been, uh, you know, suffering over the, the lockdown period was the restaurants industry. And this week, I understand that they, 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 they took to the streets. Yes, yes, yes. So um, things got quite heated, and as they always do when it affects people's livelihoods. And we've seen a number of, of restaurants in the major cities, um, including Joburg, that have shut down temporarily. I think we saw a lot of coverage of Rockets, um, uh, popular Rockets in Bryanston, um, which is shutting down temporarily. But we've also seen other restaurants like Pablo Escobar, in Melville that might not open its doors again. And I think um, all it takes is you driving um, or being in public transport um, and looking outside when you're going either to work or going to get some food. And you'll see a lot of small SMEs are not opening. So a lot of these small stores are really struggling to survive and they're not opening. And we've got a lot of stats and we've got the, the protests by the restaurant industry. But I think we also need to remember there's a lot of informal players in the food sector that are deeply impacted by the COVID-19 crisis, including um, some of the hawkers on our streets who aren't able to trade as they were before. Um, I think Joburg City Centre, Santon as well, 
if you drive through Sandton, it's extremely quiet because a lot of those hawkers are not able to trade right now. And their clients, all of their clients are working from home. So it's been quite a big impact. We've seen some of the restaurants as well that serve um, um, a lot of our listeners from townships who go into some of the suburbs to work um, and serve all sorts of treats that we enjoy. Some of those restaurants are really struggling right now with their clientele not being in offices, their clientele not being at schools. Um, so it's, it's a really hard time, not just for formal restaurants, but for some of the players in the food and services sector in the more informal space as well. And then whilst we are, you know, on that, um, how are the employment and uh, unemployment issues looking like, um, given some of the new data that uh, that is coming out? Yeah, we've seen a survey by um, UCT's National Income Dynamics um, study, and this is a coronavirus rapid mobile survey. And some of the stats are a bit scary. We haven't seen the official numbers, but they are claiming that that in the period from February to April, we've seen 3 million South Africans lose their jobs, um, with the most hard hit being women, which is um, quite a big blow for our economy because we know women do drive um, the well-being of households and are usually the breadwinners in a lot of homes. So women have really bore the brunt of the job losses. Um, The number of people that are hungry or the number of people who are not getting meals or perpetually hungry has also increased. So um, it's some alarming statistics. We've seen professionals losing their jobs. We've seen um, people with verbal contracts. So these would probably be um, the person who does your garden or the person who cleans your room or your house uh, on a verbal contract. If it's not formalized, these people have been hit the most. And also manual laborers. So blue-collar workers have really taken a huge hit Um um, when it comes to to losing their jobs, no, it certainly does sound like a, quite a dire situation. And uh, I remember I was engaging with uh, Facebook um, the other day. Uh, one of the original the original director for Space of Facebook Africa, and they actually did a uh, small business study recently, and they were bringing out their results, and they actually echoed you know some of those sentiments. So. When you hear that overlap, like what you're talking about, that, um, you know, women have borne the brunt because their study actually found that um, about 30 to 40 percent of businesses that trade um, using uh, Facebook's uh, business tools uh, such as the marketplace etc they had seen a 30 to 40 percent closure rate and the majority of the the businesses closing down were female-led enterprises yes definitely um but on on the flip side as well we've seen um twitter twitter's share price being boosted a bit because um we've got a lot of people who are now moving onto social media platforms either for marketing or trying to promote their businesses or just trying to keep in contact with people um, because of the lockdown. So um, we've got a lot of that activity. The other thing we've seen as well, we've seen um, Vodacom Vodacom coming out to say that um, they've lost quite a lot of subscribers. Um, This is also definitely indicative of what's happening. They've said they've lost about 2.5 million prepaid customers during lockdown. And that the customers that they've kept have actually used uh, um, more airtime. So they've, they've had bigger spend, which probably makes sense to where 
those people who have continued to be employed are now um, using a lot more data for working from home. So definitely the negative impacts are going across the board. So prepaid customers have also reduced the number of prepaid customers. Uh, quite, uh, quite, quite, quite a bleak outlook and uh, quite a bleak picture that's being painted. So that was us with our financial expert, uh, Lebo Pasha, who is the general manager for Southern Africa at the African Management uh, Institute, just giving us a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news, uh, letting us know about what's going on in terms of uh, interest rates, uh, which were recently cut by the South African Reserve Bank, uh, together with restaurants uh, that are facing a tough time having um, taken to the street to protest the state uh, of the economy and then we're just seeing that uh, unemployment and uh, you know some of the business closures are you know quite high in the SME sector according to new pieces of research and uh, that are coming out from UCT so that's it on the other side of this we get into the Buffalo index business rep with Lebo Pasha The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. Let's tell you the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. And for today, because we are talking about uh, e-learning or online education, uh, we decided to go and look at some of the top um, online courses. And this is according to OnlineStudies.com. And they've ranked some of uh, what they call uh, the best online courses in South Africa. And I personally picked about three, which I thought, um, you know, very interesting um, because they're, they're different courses. Courses, you know, just uh, speaking to the type of, uh, you know, the length and breadth of how far you can actually stretch yourself in terms of uh, online education. Uh, the first one is a course in Adobe Photoshop Essentials. Uh, that is an online program, you know, that's for all the creatives out there that are looking to, you know, flex uh, some of their designing muscles. Um, it's available, you know, it's available online and you can get it for about 39 buffaloes or 3,900 rand. Um, that starts... Uh, in February 2021 uh, to be done in uh, in English and is uh, part-time. The duration, you know, just depends and you can actually request with them how it's actually going to be looking like. It's done by uh, the Academy of Digital Arts. And then the second one is if you have a degree already and you're looking for maybe a postgraduate certificate in education, um, the University of uh, Nottingham, uh, that's in the United Kingdom, has something called old um there's uh, has something you know for you and uh the earliest start date usually just depends um on uh, what uh, things are looking like and then in terms of uh the cost um that's going to be in uh, in uh, what are called uh United, uh, I think it's uh, the Arab Emirates uh, money out there. That's how they're quoting it. And that's going to cost you about 127 buffaloes or 100 and uh, no, 1,200 buffaloes. Sorry, that's about 127,000 rand. Uh, so that's more on the pricey side because you are looking at a proper, um, at a proper postgraduate uh, qualification there. And then the last one is for everyone who wants to get 
it into some type of uh, project management course. Uh, not quite as expensive as the postgraduate, but also not um, as affordable as uh, the Photoshop. Uh, that one from the Academy of, of York um, that's actually available, you know, in places like, uh, I know that physically you can actually go uh, to a place like Randburg, uh, but uh, starting in February 2021, um, so you with about 150 buffaloes or 50,000 rand, 15,000 rand, sorry, uh, you can do a 13-week course uh, just around the project management and you can choose whether it's going to be full-time or part-time. So that's what uh, your 100 rand looks like in terms of uh, the online um, education space or e-learning space. Um, that's what uh, we're talking about for today. Uh, but we're going to be getting into the main topic in a few minutes and we'll actually be hearing uh, from the people that are actually teaching, the people that are learning, and the people that are creating and investing in some of these courses. So don't uh, turn that down. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. Forget what the little birdie told you. Follow us, follow us, follow us at BoFM and join the conversation. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We are talking about uh, online education um, on today's uh, edition. Remember that uh, you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We have our FM, that's Voice of Vits. You can also talk to us on our other Facebook page, that is the Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, where we are at VARFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. So for today, as we spoke about uh, earlier on, uh, we are talking about online education because one of the things that has actually been spurred quite a bit uh, by the current COVID-19 crisis is learners finding new ways to actually you know learn that information and we're going to be talking to a number of players uh, that are actively involved in this uh, e-education online education e-learning um, you know those are some of the different words that are being used uh, to describe what's actually going on and to begin with we're going to be talking you know sort of from um, you know the corporate uh, the corporate side because um, a lot of companies have been you know doing initiatives but i think vodacom stands out as one of the you know big um south african corporates that has been investing a lot in um online education uh so we're joined uh, by atakalani nechitenze who is uh, the external affairs director at vodacom south africa and uh, just going to be talking about uh, some of the issues uh, that are around this investment and uh, you know why they've decided that uh, you know e-learning is one of the things that they are going to be um, investing in. Takalani, welcome to the Business Buzz. Uh, thank you very much um, for having me, and uh, good afternoon or good evening. No, 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 no. Thank you so much for being with us. I think just as a, a good point of departure for our listeners is, um, as Vodacom, you know, why have you guys sort of, um, why the focus on, uh, you know, e-learning and, uh, you know, online education, that sort of thing? What What has been the push? And do you find that you guys were well prepared going into the lockdown or did the lockdown sort of uh, force, an, an exp- force an expansion of what you guys were already working on? Um, uh, thank you very much. Uh, it is the latter, actually, because um, 
we, we are a technology company with a, a, a digitalization strategy that fosters uh, being uh, a leader in technological innovation and digitizing uh, the experience of our customers. So um, we launched uh, our digitalization strategy in 2016, uh, just shortly after the World Economic Forum coined the expression the fourth industrial uh, revolution. And we have updated it now. It is um, Vision 2025. So uh, we, we, we pride ourselves uh, as, a, as a company that um, drives our digitalization. And um, we focus uh, on a number of areas. But uh, for purposes of today, uh, we'll be talking about education because uh, we believe that education is uh, the, the, the weapon, you know, that uh, frees people. It is actually, uh, according to our former President Mandela, the, the only tool uh, that can get the child of an ordinary person to become president of a country or to become, uh, you know, a high-powered so we use um, technology as a tool to facilitate education. And we do this in the context of the sustainable development, using ICTs as a tool for development. So can you give us just, uh, you know, some flavor around some of the initiatives that you guys uh, actually have going at the moment? Yes, um, we, we, we run the education program through the Vodacom Foundation and also through uh, our enterprise uh, business uh, unit and also our consumer business um, unit. Uh, with the Vodacom uh, Foundation, this is part of our socio-economic development uh, initiatives with our government. And here we have uh, a, a Vodacom mobile education program, which we started uh, way back, uh, I think in 2008, uh, to institutionalize it. And we do this in partnership uh, with the Department of Basic Education. We have uh, connected schools. Uh, so far, Vodacom has connected 3,000 schools uh, in the country. And by connected schools, we mean we provide the schools with um, uh, laptops, tablets, interactive boards, and we also provide them with um, connectivity. We also have um, uh, teacher centers. Out of the government's 147 teacher centers, we have connected uh, 92 teacher centers across uh, the country. And we work with the Department of Basic Education to provide digital literacy for the teachers. And the reason why we, we provide um, teacher training is because uh, we believe that we cannot uh, have connected schools, but the teachers that are supposed to be providing uh, the content uh, are not empowered uh, with the use of ICTs. Uh, to us, a, an empowered teacher uh, through digital technology makes uh, the learning experience of the learners to be exciting. And then we also have uh, an e-learning uh, platform, which I will speak about extensively. We call it uh, the Vodacom uh, eSchool. And then we also have um, uh, an, a Vodacom ICT Youth Academy. We've got 10 uh, across uh, the country where we take uh, young people with metric uh, certificates, but who, because of their socioeconomic circumstances, cannot afford to go to college or to university. And then in partnership with Microsoft, uh, Cisco, and Google, we take them uh, through a one-year or one-and-a-half-years program, which is accredited by, by MICT-CETA. And they get ICT 
qualifications and this gives them an opportunity to get jobs and then lastly of course we provide our bursaries mainly in the stem subjects it definitely sounds like uh, you guys have a lot of different programs going on and a lot of initiatives and it actually sounds like um, there's a lot of investment involved i'm thinking about um, the data that's being provided the connectivity the devices that you're talking about just now um, it actually does sound um, you know like a lot is going on in terms of um, actually you know putting your putting money where your mouths are when it comes to investing in e-learning so one of the things that we really were curious about is how have you guys sort of gone about creating um, some sort of uh, sustainable business models around um, education, you know, that could actually spur other corporate players to actually invest in the space because I'm sure a lot of people might look at it uh, as one of those things that it's money out um, constantly, which might not be attractive um, to some uh, corporate players out there. But you guys, you know, you seem to be going forward with it. How have you guys gone about addressing some of those issues? Yes, um, uh, since the inception of our education programs, we have spent about um, 300 to 400 million rands, and we, uh, we plan to spend uh, another uh, you know, 500 million rands in the next um, five years. Uh, this is uh, the, the, the amount of commitment uh, that we have in, in education. And it is because we don't do this alone. Uh, it is because we do it with, with partnerships, mainly uh, with, with government. So as I said, uh, we provide technology and government uh, provides uh, the content. And then we then bring other partners such as your Microsoft and Google. We, we believe in the comprehensive approach to, to education, where the, the focus is not just on the, on the learner, but it is also on the, on the teachers, as I mentioned. It is also on the, bringing the parents uh, on board, the uh, community, uh, ensuring that there is adequate infrastructure and infrastructure from our point of view will be ICTs. But um, we also uh, do a little bit of brick and mortar, for instance, uh, where some of our connected schools have got um, uh, improper ablution facilities. We demolish uh, those pit latrines and we replace them with proper and safe uh, ablution facilities. And then we also look at uh, nutrition and psycho social uh, support and what we have done um in 2019 out of the 3,000 schools that we have connected we have created what we call the vodacom um, schools of of excellence we have isolated uh, 12 schools and we created an excellence model and there we bring everything that we do in the education space and then we also bring uh, other partners so each uh, school of excellence uh, has got a refurbished uh, state-of-the-art computer lab. It costs us about um, 300,000 to 600,000 reds to, to, to finish uh, a, a computer laboratory. And then we load uh, in the computer lab uh, the Vodacom eSchool uh, platform, which is a zero-rated uh, platform. And by zero-rated, it means that if you are a Vodacom subscriber, you don't have to pay for data uh, to access the, the content. Uh, the e-school the, 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 the e has got um, uh, uh, government-approved curriculum from grade R to grade 12. And today it is sitting with about 1.2 uh, million.
million uh, registered uh, users. We also deploy uh, graduates from the Vodacom ICT Youth Academy in our schools uh, of, of excellence who serve as IT technicians. And they also do troubleshooting and they also carry the teachers and the learners by the head. They also identify the learners uh, who need uh, extra tutoring. And then we provide our Vodacom um, our volunteers who specialize uh, in the STEM subjects uh, to provide uh, virtual um, uh, tutoring. And then we also bring um, uh, the, the, the communities uh, focusing on the, on the parents. So we have uh, started a program around our schools of excellence called uh, the, the Vodacom um, Women uh, in Agriculture, where we have partnered with uh, the Nelson Mandela Foundation, Global Citizen, UN Women and South African Women in Farming. And then on the last point uh, for this discussion, um, how do you see, because we are going through this period of transition and it's likely that uh, we will be in this state for the coming months, you know, lots of reports from scientists saying that it will only be maybe next year that we'll start maybe seeing some type of vaccines, all of that stuff. So in terms of um, education, you know, where do you guys sort of see things? Um, do you anticipate that people are going to go back to school and we'll, and we'll have some type of a hybrid model of e-learning plus um, in classroom? Or um, are we just going to see, you know, less less of learners in class going forward? Yeah, we believe that a uh, uh, blended uh, learning uh, is would be the best to cater for the students and the learners with different needs because uh, blended learning has got uh, a little bit of classroom and also a little bit of uh, e-learning. And um, uh, this will assist uh, the learners uh, who are slow because uh, if you uh, introduce e-learning across the board without taking into consideration that some of the learners will need to be guided by a teacher, therefore we will be failing the learners. I know it like with my sister was looking after her grandchildren uh, at the beginning of the lockdown and she was complaining that even though she is educated, she was struggling uh, to, to take them through their lessons because what they get taught today and how they get taught is different from how she was taught 30, 40 years ago. So blended learning uh, is the best. But we also advocate for blended learning because uh, not all areas of the country are covered uh, from a network uh, perspective. There are areas where the network is not strong because of a number of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons uh, would be uh, because of a uh, lack of spectrum and also now during uh, load shedding, uh, even though you've got data, if you don't have uh, UPS, uh, you find yourself uh, destitute. And therefore, it is important that you should have uh, a learning model that will cater for both e-learning and classroom learning. So that was us with uh, Takalani uh, Nechitenze, who is uh, the External Affairs Director for Vodacom South Africa, uh, just giving us a roundup of uh, some of their investments in terms of e-learning, uh, talking about the fact that uh, when it comes to e-learning for them, it's something that's uh, not being looked after by just like one uh, part of the company. It's something that's uh, being fostered in a number of their business units. Also talking about the fact that uh, they haven't gone out 
about this by themselves. There's a lot of partnerships um, that they have in place. I'm highlighting one with uh, Microsoft uh, that they recently launched. Also, just uh, ending off the conversation, talking about the fact that we are likely to see a more blended um, sort of uh, learning model going forward um, when kids are finally really able to go back to um, to school and uh, things are a bit safer simply because um, simply online may not be the best in terms of interaction. She is just highlighting the fact that um, in some communities um, there isn't that ability to, to have uh, you know connectivity. Um, network is bad in some in some cases and also just uh, you know making sure that that interaction um, is in place. So that's been for this uh, this part of the show uh, when we return we'll be hearing uh, just around uh, how students have been coping um, with uh, moving to e-learning and uh, how institutions have also made um, that switch so keep it locked this is the business buzz forget what the little buddy told you follow us follow us follow us at BoFM and join the conversation the, the business buzz in our COVID business watch this week, our producer, Slyn Limsi, we spoke to some learners just around um, what their experience has been. Uh, the key questions is, do you think e-learning is effective um, or is it not? At the same time, is it something that South Africa should invest, invest in or is it uh, a country uh, that may need to actually find an alternative way um, to actually teach kids uh, during these unprecedented times? like a pandemic. Uh, to begin with, uh, she spoke to Sihle uh, Nyubuse, who is a VITS BSc property student and an aspiring property and banking executive. Here's what they had to say. So the short answer is uh, not yet. I think it definitely has the potential to be effective and complement the current way of learning. And uh, I think that we are taking strides, you know, globally towards getting ready for the internet-based wave that accompanies e-learning. But real impact can only be felt if other shortcomings associated with internet accessibility can be addressed. Uh, Without addressing these, I don't think that uh, e-learning can positively affect both students and lecturers or teachers. I definitely think that every country should invest in e-learning as a complementary means of learning, South Africa included. The issue, I think, lies in how we tend to look at e-learning, either as a tool that is here to replace traditional ways of learning or as uh, some sort of quick fix because of the times we find ourselves in right now. And then after the pandemic, we scrap it and return to how things were done before the pandemic. Quite a few number of institutions and schools around the country were taking baby steps already towards transitioning to a hybrid system of learning that welcomed e-learning facets. Sure, we can't deny that, like many things, the virus has put a spotlight on the way students get educated and uh, it's no secret that initial stages of it have been quite imperfect on a broader scale. However, that being said... I do think that within these unprecedented times, there lies an opportunity for those in the relevant positions to make decisions that are proactive in introducing the e-learning systems alongside the traditional ways students get educated already.
We also spoke to Onalena Mtekuza, who is a final year BSc property study student and one of uh, three partners in a startup property firm uh, that is uh, currently involved in the construction management of 24 residential units. Um, here's what she, you know, shared with us about her e-learning experience. Yes, I think um, learning online is effective, can definitely be effective. Um, And the reason I think that is because of essentially what access to the internet has shown us. Um, The internet has taken information that was previously thought to be very exclusive or very specialized and disseminated it um, to people for free in a lot of cases. Um, In some cases you have to pay a small fee, but in a lot of cases you can find a lot of information on the internet for free. And I think that um, e-learning can do the same for education. Um, It can take world-class quality education and give it to everybody um, at a fraction of the cost. Um, And I think that the benefits of learning at your own pace um, and speed are possibly even better suited for retaining information, which is what education should be. It shouldn't be about just regurgitating things all the time. It should be about trying to understand and grasp exactly what it is that's taught. And I think online learning can do that for us. Um, In South Africa, however, I think the biggest things that we face in terms of challenges are internet infrastructure and um, access to tools such as laptops and tablets and also the fact that schools are often function more than you know just an educational role in our country Um, children sometimes need schools uh, for feeding schemes or you know just as a place to get away from uh, societal issues that we have such as alcohol abuse and um, you know violence in the home um, but I definitely think that if done correctly online learning can be quite effective in this country um, but I, I think South Africa needs a hybrid solution a solution where there is access to the physical asset um, but definitely um, access to the infrastructure required in order to have effective quality um, education reach all people no matter the wealth gap you don't have to be a liker to like things oh my god so like us on facebook like us on facebook and follow them in brackets voice of this you're tuned in to the business buzz Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We are talking about e-learning on uh, this edition. Uh, remember that you can keep in touch with us uh, on Facebook. We are via FM, that's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page, that is Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. Now, we've sort of learned uh, what's going on in terms of the e-learning space uh, from a number of uh, different quarters. 
uh, the corporate side and even just uh, what it means to be a student in uh, in this in these interesting times um, of education but right now we want to sort of get um, what it means from an educator's point of view the institutions themselves um, the actual teachers on the front line the people that are actually have had to make the change and are actually dispersing and disseminating the information and on the line we are joined by Brian Planga who is um, program director at uh, Henley Business School and is also an adjunct lecturer at the Catholic University and at the same time an educator at uh, St. David's Marist in Santon. Brian, greetings to you. Good day, good day, good day to you. How are you? Thank you very much for for, for the privilege of uh, being on your show. No, 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 no. Thank you for joining us. I think uh, as you are hearing us just now, we're just talking, you know, from different points of view. I guess a good place for us to start um, is just what has been your um, experience of uh, online learning? What has, you know, COVID-19 done? Um, to, to, to education, um, uh, from your, from your vantage point in the last couple of months? Interesting. It has been disruption. It has been disruption and, uh, disruption in a both good and, uh, I think in a, in a, in a, in a, in a growth rule, um, sense too. Disruption in the sense that, um, the traditional classroom where you have, uh, learners, sitting down and where you as the facilitator or the educator has contact direct physical contact with them uh, has now changed and has now moved and i would like to say that i'm i'm coming from a place where i'm quite fortunate and to some extent even privileged because not everyone else in south africa or not every uh, educator or lecturer or anyone who's facilitating within the higher education space or basic education space has that opportunity to be to be switching over to virtual learning. So that came with a lot of um, pain. That came with a lot of um, unlearning and relearning, because some of the, some of us were trained. Uh, when I trained to be to be a facilitator or a lecturer or even a teacher, I didn't. I wasn't given the tools to 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 embrace the fourth industrial revolution, and we're starting to realize that. The future is now. This is it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's been the experience. Okay, so Brian, um, can you just give us a sense of uh, the type of uh, teaching that you do or the type of educating that you do? Uh, because I can imagine, you know, with uh, what we said earlier on, um, it sounds like you are teaching at uh, many different levels. You hinted to it just now where you said both basic and higher. Uh, can you give us a sense of what, uh, I guess, your day or week actually looks like when you are in, in, in full education? mode when i'm in full educator mode i start my day at about 7 30 and from 7 30 until until 2 30 i'm in the classroom and this time i could be teaching from 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 grade eight until metric level right then after two after two i could then be in an undergraduate class at one of the faculties that I'm in and I'm teaching, I teach up until honors level. So I'll be in, in, in the lecture hall between three and six. And 
sometimes I even go late in the evening, say up until 9 p.m. if um, if I've got uh, if I've got uh, lectures on, on a particular day. Um, on weekends, I also have lectures, uh, say mornings between 8:30 and about 12. And yeah, so that's that's what my day is like. So I I do a lot of talking. I do a lot of talking, a lot of teaching, a lot of marking, and facilitating yeah and have you found uh, you know that order that ordering of the day that you've just told us now has that timetable shifted or changed in any way because um of uh, you were talking earlier on that you do have that privilege of being able to facilitate online have you found that that uh, that uh, the digital component has that shifted your timetable in any way not at all. So with the with the, with the digital switch, um, it, nothing. It just what changed was me getting to the classroom. So it has saved me now from driving to different places. All I need to do now is log in. So I just log in into different portals or into different um, into different accounts, and I get to do my work. So on one level. It has actually worked to my advantage because I don't need to be running around like a headless chicken. But on the other level, um, I have to be facing a screen for more than eight to nine hours a day. I guess that then begs the question of uh, what has the response been? Um, do you find there's a certain level um, that has, uh, you know, perhaps accepted this new um, this new technology better than another? Or, you know, do people just generally say, ah, but Brian would just prefer to be in your classroom? Or would you say that, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, one group either older or younger is probably better suited to the e-learning environment than the than than the next from um what you've been seeing it actually depends with uh, the demographics um in, by that i mean in terms of the age and um you know maybe their history and their background and where they're coming from and you know all those things that constitute their demographics so uh, with um a, a big portion of my learners have loved it i mean They've loved it because um, they can do it in their own time. So instead of having the one-hour lesson with virtual le- learning now, you cannot, um, especially within the, the the basic education, which is the high school phase, um, you cannot take the whole forty-five minutes lesson and be talking, talking, and uh, you know maybe asking questions because they get less engaged. So. Um, we've had to change so instead of doing 45 minutes sometimes you do you do 20 minutes give exercises worksheets then they log off and they're fine then maybe when they come back uh, two days later it's a worksheet and maybe some some exercises and they write something we test comprehension knowledge understanding so the 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 model it has really changed it has really changed it has really changed so that group has loved it but when i look at my senior students especially those that are now uh, um, like in, in the business school that i'm associated with some of them it has not been easy for them because most they do is use a smartphone and check emails and send emails but sitting behind a screen and listening and participating and being put in breakout rooms can actually be a bit of a, a pain. It feels like going to the dentist. But unfortunately, they realize that 
um, if they do not jump on board, then they are actually going to be disadvantaged because the world is still moving in as much as we're in lockdown right now. No, I definitely see what you're saying. I like the I like the analogy that you gave just now that uh, for some learners it's like going to the dentist. Um, I guess the other question to 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 to, to then get your thoughts on is this issue of uh, inequality. We can't escape um, the demographics and socioeconomic uh, issues in this country. Um, how do you perhaps say? Um, that some of these things can actually be bridged because I'm sure, you know, a lot of students, uh, I'm just thinking about at least, uh, you know, tertiary and all of that. Uh, some students do have access to good internet connections, um, laptops and tablets and the like. But at the same time, um, there are a fair number of people within our society, um, perhaps outside of, um, you know, Henley uh, and stuff like that. But how do you think we can help to close that gap? Um, because uh, whether we like it or not, e-learnings probably seems to be uh, the best way to keep you know, kids out of trouble and engaged and learning during this time. Okay, so let's take three steps backwards. I want to give you some numbers, and these numbers are going to tell you a story. Out of every 100 learners in South Africa, we are told 60, only 60 out of that 100, are going to sit for their metric exam. And of those 60, only 37 are going to pass. And of those 37, only 12 are going to go into university or will make it to university. And of those 12 that make it to university, only six are actually going to complete their undergraduate studies within a space of four to three years. Now, that should tell you and me something. That is scary. Well, what you've just described is very scary. (laughs) Exactly. sit for their matric exams and out of that 100, 37 will pass. Of those 37 that are going to pass, 12 are going to make it into a university. Of those 12 that are going to make it into a university, only 6 are going to complete their undergraduate degree within a space of 4 to 3 years. Now, what is that telling us? It's telling us of the systematic and structural injustice that exists in a country like ours called South Africa. It's systematic. It's beyond COVID. (laughs) It's beyond COVID. What COVID has done is COVID has just exposed the inequalities that exist in our country, which we've all known, but now they've just, they've actually now been brought um, to the forefront. And of those six who are going to graduate, right? Um, we are told uh, out of 160 are going to sit for their matric exams. And out of that 100, 37 will pass. Of those 37 that are going to pass, 12 are going to make it into a university. Of those 12 that are going to make it into a university, only six are going to complete their undergraduate degree within a space of four to three years. 
Now, what is that telling us? It's telling us of the systematic and structural injustice that exists in a country like ours called South Africa. It's systematic. It's beyond COVID. <laughs> it's beyond COVID. What COVID has done is COVID has just exposed the inequalities that exist in our country, which we've all known, but now they've just, they've actually now been brought um, to the forefront. And of those six who are going to graduate, right, um, we are told only four are going to get jobs. So there's one conclusion. We need to relook at our educational system in South Africa. Why? Because the education system in South Africa is failing people. It is. And I mentioned about now the fourth industrial revolution, which we were talking about years ago. It is here. It is. We thought it was going to come when we were in our in our fifties and forties, but here it is now. Thanks to COVID, it's been accelerated. Here it is. So how do we change? Not in the traditional way, obviously. In the high, excuse me, in the higher education sector, we we obviously have good people, and our institutions have good procedures. They we've got innovation hubs, and we. Some of our institutions are evolving from traditional institutions and colleges, but some some institutions have been slow to adapt, and that includes our government too. Yeah. So that's Brian Planger just uh, you know making us reflect on what uh, on what education is going to look like. Uh Brian, I want to end off with you perhaps on a lighter note. Um just noting what you've just said now about how things are never gonna go back um to what they were. And right now since we are talking about e learning, uh, I'm sure it has um forced you personally to to change the way that you teach or have to be, you know, a bit more creative. You spoke earlier on about the fact that um, you can't just talk for 45 minutes because uh, some of the kids are going to switch off and stuff like that. So um, as we end off, how have you, what type of, uh, you know, creative ways have you found um, to actually, you know, inject uh, ways to keep your your, your, your learners um, entertained and engaged um, during your, your e-learning sessions? There has to be a balance. Um, so gone are the days when we, in, in education, where we had to memorize things, be it in history or in geography, where we literally had to memorize what is the capital city of Kenya, right? And who who was the who who was the founder? Who founded or who discovered the Victoria Falls? We had to memorize that because we were told that it was a particular person, but. Technically, it was not him, right? The one who, who, who discovered the Victoria Falls or what is called the Mosia Tunia. In short, what I'm saying is education now has to encourage problem solving. It has to move away from just linear thinking, just linear, just thinking in terms of linear and regurgitation. We need to support philosophical openness, independent inquiry, and let us also be more pragmatic about creating social mobility, 
transforming lives and possibly even um, even building prosperity within our context of South Africa. So we can't use that same model of just regurgitating. We need to be more innovative in our approach towards education. And this is where um, it's exciting. It's exciting to be in this space. So that was us uh, with Brian Mflanga, who is a uh, a program director at Henley Business School and also an adjunct lecturer with the Catholic University and a full-time educator with St. David's Marist in Santon, just giving us an overview of what education is looking like in this uh, digital world uh, because he's just saying that he's had to shift almost everything um, to, to e-learning and that e-learning is the future it's here to stay. You can't. We aren't going to go back um, to the way that things are. That's what he's saying. He's also just talking about the fact uh, at the end there that in terms of uh, shifting um, the landscape or the focus of education, there needs to be a shift in lens as well. That uh, education isn't just about linear thinking anymore or about regurgitation and memorizing facts and figures. It's about uh, it should be about problem solving and like actually encouraging, you know, inquiry, discussion, debate, and, you know, some of the, you know, more philosophical things, um, because the information is actually just readily available. If someone wants to know what the capital of Kenya is, they can just Google it, you know, but then what do you actually do with the information after that? So that's it in terms of uh, this segment on the other side of this. We come to the end of the show. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. And with that, we've come to the end of uh, today's show. Thank you so much to Takaladi uh, and Brian for just sharing, you know, some of the insights um, with us around what the online or e-learning space is looking like from, I guess, that investment point of view with corporates um, that are putting in, you know, programs and initiatives as well as, uh, you know, the educator side you know brian telling us about what uh, the shifts are looking like you know from from his vantage point you know teaching you know at different levels and then at the same time thank you to you know the students uh on elena together with the sihle uh, for letting us know what their actual experience as learners has been um when it actually comes to this e-learning revolution personally i think it's uh it's definitely a good thing i agree with brian that uh you know e-learning is probably going to be a good equalizer but it can only equalize as much as we give opportunities to people to have access uh, to some of the tools that actually enable e-learning whether it's access to data um, tablets computers whatever it is um, we actually need to make some of that access available more importantly is just the fact that all of this is just marking yet another shift in the way that our economies are going to be working Uh, we've spoken a a lot about uh, working from home And now there's uh, the online education space, which is going to fundamentally shift the way that people and learners uh, go about um, educating themselves. And also an opportunity for people that already have degrees, for example, to enhance um, some of their own capabilities. So we're keen to hear what uh, some of your thoughts are. Are you an e-learner? What has your experience been? Uh, Do you think that 
e-learning could replace uh, the classroom. Is the classroom still a necessary thing? Let us know what you think on Facebook. We are via Femdas Voice of Vids. You can also find our other Facebook page that is the Vids Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're hashtag uh, Business Buzz. And you can also find our handle that is at VAFM. You can also search for us on iono.fm and all our podcast links are there. And then all our content is available on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So with that, we've reached the end of uh, today's show. Uh, thank you to our team. Our technical producer is Kotlone Surame together with our executive producer, Glory Babuza. Our producers, Slindile Msibi together with Simbarashe Honde. And welcome back to our producer, Ntando Krimba. So it seems that uh, there's been a lot of uh, prodigals coming back to the team and we welcome everyone back. Don't miss the business by same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. But before we get into all that next week, don't turn that down because uh, there's more great content coming up on the Val FM lineup. So for myself, Mudio Mob Justice Gavaza and the rest of the team, it is a good afternoon and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.